Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Well, hello and welcome back, my friends. We're still on our journey through the book of Matthew. We are in chapter 6. Just finished up a section in chapter 6, going up through verse 18, uh, talking about fasting and... uh, you know, it's uh, kind of appropriate that we're ending with that or finished with that. Because um, I always look forward to getting finished with a diet and getting back on a regular routine. So, uh, but seriously, though, we can't really just forget about fasting. It's really too important, something we need to address more. And uh, hopefully what I said may have made a difference to somebody. But anyway, we're through fasting. And we're now moving into verse 19. Uh, up through verse 24, we'll try and cover that in our next 15 minutes here. And it <clears throat> talks about treasures. Of course, treasures, you know, it's a pleasant subject. We all like to have treasure. Nothing wrong with treasure. God uses treasure. you got to have treasure to get things done. But notice what he says in verse 19. He tells us, lay not up for, yourself, for yourselves treasures upon earth. Where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. Now, that seems contradictory to a lot of things that uh, we have heard in Scripture, because we're we're taught to be frugal. Uh, We're taught to care for our families. In fact, we're taught to tithe. Well, you know, how do you tithe if you don't have treasure? If you don't earn some money, you can't give 10% of nothing. So God expects us to go out and work, and he tells us that, you know, workman's worthy of his hire. A lot of places where we can justify the fact that you got to go out and make a little money. Money makes the world go around. you got to have it to buy things with, to get food and clothing and all the necessities of life. So when we look at this passage, it's interesting in Scripture. Scripture always interprets itself, so... When you look it up at a verse like this, you can't just isolate it like so many people do with a lot of other things. They'll just take one verse or one passage and try to isolate it from everywhere else. But if you you got to compare it to the rest of Scripture. So if you look at a passage like this or a verse like this and it says, don't save your money. Don't worry about saving up treasures here on earth. They're just going to rot away. You can't take it with you, all that sort of thing. But you know, the Bible even tells women that you know they can go out and work in the field and still care for the home so you know they can be productive and make money so when you take a a a verse like this and you try and compare it 
to the rest of Scripture. What you find is throughout Scripture, you're told to go out and, and earn a living. And, uh, you know, use common sense uh, when, you know, be ready for the bad times. So there's nothing wrong with putting some money away and preparing for uh, times when you, you know, when you're going to need it. So when you look at stuff like that and you see that it's overwhelmingly telling us that it's proper to, and good to go out and, and earn money and save it up and prepare for the future and all that sort of thing, then you got to look at a verse like this and say, okay, it, it can't mean what it appears to mean. There's got to be more to it than that. So, you know, of course, then you read the rest of the passage, it starts adding a little context. The very next verse says, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. So it's telling us we need to be focused on our heavenly rewards. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So, you know, when we now we begin to see a little more clearly what he's driving at because he's not he's not so much talking about the literal saving up or putting away of money, he's talking about um, spiritually where you're at. You know, what's important to you? What what has has value in life? He says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know, the man who invests all or everything in earthly things, he's only got earthly things in his heart. But the man who invests in heavenly things, he's got heaven in his heart. Um, you can't forsake the things of God for the things of the world. Um, they're worthless. Um, this earth's not a safe place to make uh, life's investment for even the earth itself. It's going to melt away with fervent heat someday, so there's really nothing on earth that has any real value, and at least no eternal value, and we need to keep in mind that we are, in fact, eternal beings. So it's important for us to... Uh, to look to heavenly things and not be so concerned with the things that are here on earth. Uh, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt. The things that you, you know, the rewards that you store up to, you know, before God that you're going to enjoy when you get to heaven, God's going to keep those. God's going to take care of those. Um, they're going to be available when the time comes and, and nobody can take them away. Here on earth, you can lose everything. I don't care how wealthy you are. You can lose everything. Even the wealthiest person in the world, if somebody, some warring nation came in and and uh, overran them and sacked the nation, took everything they had, they could lose every nickel they got. I don't care how much money they got. They could lose it all. So there's nothing safe in this world. I think we all really know that. So it doesn't even make sense for us to put our heart and soul into the things of this world. Now, we should work hard. We should do the things that are necessary to, to, you know, to save up to buy a house or a car or whatever, you know, the things of life that are necessary. We should be frugal. We should use common sense. But the most important thing is to honor God. That's that's why it's so important to remember your tithe. You know, to pay your tithe. People people say they can't afford to tithe. Well, that's because they have the things of earth are more important to them than things of God. Um, if you can't tithe, then you can't earn. You know, God always takes care of those who tithe. That's how you lay up treasures in heaven. And you do it with a heart that loves God. And like it says in verse 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And it goes into a little bit deeper then for the next few verses is the light of the body is the eye. 
If therefore then I be single, thy whole body, whole body shall be full of light. Uh, but if then I be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he'll hate one and love the other, or else he'll hold one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. You know, it's just simply telling us that, that we need to stay focused on what what's important. We need to stay focused on the things of God. And if we, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. He's simply telling us what it's telling us here. If we stay focused on God, the rest will take care of itself. If we make sure we keep the main thing the main thing, God is our ultimate employer. You know, we're not really working for our bosses down here on earth. We're, we're working for God. He's the one that's going to find his jobs and take care of us and guide us and do whatever's important for us to get by and perform his ministry. If we're concerned about more about doing his will, doing his ministry and ministering to others, he's going to give us the tools that are necessary to do that with. Um, but if he doesn't, then he's got something else in mind. It doesn't matter. The point is we need to stay focused on, on Christ. And if we do that, then like it says here, the whole, thy whole body shall be full of light. You know, that, that, that warms our hearts and enlightens our way and and guides our path everywhere we go, even in our secular jobs. I, you know, I've had jobs before. I, I had a job I loved. I was an over-the-road truck driver for Allied Van Lines. Quite frankly, I loved it. Um, I couldn't do that now. Too old, too broken down. But at the time, I was in my 30s, and quite honestly, I loved it. I enjoyed it. I was on short haul, so I was never gone usually more than... Just a few days, I think the longest I was gone was 12 days, but usually it wasn't more than three or four days. But I loved doing it because I was out there by myself, you know. I had, you know, some solitude. I worked hard, um, but I loved doing that job. The problem with that job was the dates were unpredictable. It, it was, uh, you know, the loading and unloading dates oftentimes kept you away on weekends, and so I was... You know, I was constantly looking for a church to go to. I'd be in some strange town and didn't know anybody. That was back before the days of GPS and Facebook and the Internet and all that sort of thing. You didn't have cell phones, none of that stuff. So it was, it was a lot more difficult to try and find uh, a good church to attend. You know, I, I, I usually was successful to find at least some place where I could go and worship. But I got to tell you, it, it weighed on me and, and it made ministry impossible. I couldn't plan on being here. I couldn't get involved in my church because I couldn't commit to anything. Um, I, I didn't know if I was going to be available or not. And so I finally, after a couple of years, I just decided, you know what? It's a great job, and I was making a good living and all that, but I just wasn't serving God. And there was a void in my life that I just couldn't handle. And then, you know, that light wasn't there. You know, I was I was focused on something else. The things of the world had taken precedence. And so I, I needed to change my lifestyle. And so I did. I quit. I didn't even have another job. I just went back into business for myself and started, opened up another moving business and got a little, rented a little place and started buying used furniture and selling that. And my brother and I, and, you know, we, that's what we were doing just because we both wanted to be available to our churches. And, uh, you know, that's when I finally began pastoring and that sort of thing. And God used me, and 
I'm grateful for those years that he used me, but it was all because, you know, I, I had to turn my focus from the things of the world to the things of God. And it wasn't that I had gotten cold or indifferent or that I'd fallen in love with money. It was kind of a necessity. I'd you know, had some hard times in my family, but, um, you know, I, I let the world pull me away because I, I needed to work. Um, but I, I knew it wasn't something I was going to be able to do long term, so I finally just quit and started serving God. And I, I, I want to tell you out there, if you've got a job that requires you to work on Sunday, you need to find another job. I know that's harsh, and, and I know that's hard to hard to swallow. But the fact of the matter is, Sunday's the Lord's day. Argue with me if you want to. That's the Lord's day. You got to set it. Okay, argue with me while whether it's Saturday or Sunday. I don't care. What I'm saying is God wants us to set aside a day for him and put him first. You know, if, if we can't do that, we're not serving God. And, and if, if you've got a job that requires you to work and keeps you out of church, then you need to quit. You need to find another job. And I don't, I don't care what your skill is. I don't care how hard it is to mark you. God is the one who finds your jobs. And if your heart's in the right place, he'll find you a place where you can work and serve him at the same time. You're just not trusting him. Um, you need to put him in control. It says in verse 24, No man can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or else he'll hold the one and despise, and despise the other. You can't serve God, God and mammon. <coughs> Sorry, I had to get a drink. Um, you'll fall in love with the world. You'll fall in love with what you're doing. And you don't do it intentionally. It just, you know, it's like a scale that comes over your eyes. You don't realize it's there. But you begin to put the things of the world before the things of God. And before you know it, those things become more important to you. You, you begin, it, 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 it messes up your vision when it says, you know, if your eye is not single, if you don't keep your eye on Christ, your eye begins to wonder. You're looking at Christ, but you're looking at the world too. Pretty soon your vision gets blurred. And you begin to place more importance on the things of the world, even without realizing it. You're, you're turning it into an idol. <clears throat> you begin to uh, feel that it's more important to do those things, and, and it's okay for you to miss out on the things of God and miss out on serving God. Um, you can't serve two masters. It's as simple as that. It, it can't be any more plainer here. And when it says, <clears throat> you know, hate the one and love the other, you know, that's like that passage that talks about, you know, you can't serve God if you don't hate your, your mother and your father and your other family members. He's not talking about a literal hate. He's simply talking about in comparison to what you, uh, the way you look at God, the way you love God, comparatively speaking. Even, even love for someone else is, is uh, akin to hatred because it's that far away from the relationship you should have with God. Um, you can't serve God, can't serve mammon at the same time. So keep your eye focused on Christ. Um, don't let the things of the world draw you away. Um, don't worry about what you put away in this life. Be sensible. You got a 401k or something like that, or insurance or whatever. That's, you know, investments, that's all well and good. But folks, keep Christ first. And if you have to give those things up, give them up. I, you know, I was in the Southern Baptist Convention, and I just felt compelled to, to withdraw from the convention. Well, at the time, 
when uh, my church was putting money into their annuity and uh, the the uh, status the church was matching what they were well that was coming out of my check plus the state was matching that so i was getting a lot of money put away for me that uh, you know was not of my own well you know when i pulled out of the convention that all came to a halt and i lost that but you know it was just important to me to serve god so folks Put God first. Um, work, do your best, be smart, help your family, save up for the future, all those things. That's that's all well and good. But don't put it before the things of Christ. Keep Christ first. Um, we'll come back and then uh, we'll pick up in Matthew chapter or uh, chapter six, verse twenty-five next time. Thank you and God bless.